What's up, everybody? Today is Tuesday, October 13th, 2020. This is A Talk in the Attic, and I'm your host, Kirk Ross. Welcome to episode 65. 65! For those of you keeping track at home, that's 65 episodes. Well, 66, technically, if you include the About the House show, which, I mean, why wouldn't we? So that's 66 episodes at two per week, which means we found ourselves 33 weeks into the project. The past couple weeks have brought with them a significant increase in activity here in the attic studio. I'm not looking to dwell on it, but my last guest, real-life frontiersman and elite survivalist Roland Welker, represents quite an achievement for our little show. On the surface, Roland is the biggest name of national relevance that I've had visit the attic, which is cool in and of itself, sure. But I've enjoyed my discussions with almost every guest that I've had the pleasure of interviewing up here, so... Rather than explain how unique and authentic an experience it was talking with Roland, I'll simply direct you to his episode. As always, the episode is available on most podcast apps, but I've also added YouTube into the mix for this episode, producing a full-length special and posting it to both the official YouTube channel for the podcast and on Roland's very own channel as well. I can't urge you enough to please, please go check out the episode on the YouTube channel. Not only does it feature a face-to-face video conference with Roland, but also includes an introductory segment filled with all sorts of silly hijinks from yours truly, for which I hope you're all tuning in anyway. Again, I won't rehash this episode. I'll simply ask you to click the YouTube link in the show notes and go watch the production, ideally the whole thing. And once you've done that, then come on back and finish this episode off. I'll be here waiting patiently for you. I'll give you a second to press pause so you can go and check out Roland's episode. Okay, now that those slackers have tuned out, allow me to say good riddance. Now let's get into what I really want to focus on today, a behind-the-scenes look at the production of episode 64 with Roland Welker. But before we get into that, we need to get into the show. And to play us in, we'll revisit the hip-hop rendition of Roland's favorite song, Waylon Jennings' Lonesome, Ownery, and Mean. This one, of course, was produced by brothers and two key members of the rap group Street Brokers. That's Rick and Obi Thompson from Grand Rapids, Michigan, who were featured guests on episode number 40 a few months back. Pay close attention to the custom lyrics written specifically for Roland. Let's start the show. I feel it kind of Sipping on Codeine and got me on a ring and me, my baby, you might say I'm on one, on one, on one. All I need is me, my marijuana, a couple swishes and a lighter by my lungs. was a rap rendition of a 1970s country and western song and i'm confident in saying that it's probably the first of its kind big thank you to rick and ob check out street brokers on apple music and spotify both of which are linked in the show notes a little more on the music side later on so the question i've been asked so many times already yo ross how'd you land that guy how on earth did you get him to come on your show i'll answer that once and for all 
I asked him. And I don't mean to oversimplify the ordeal, but it really is almost that simple. And that doesn't mean I thought he'd say yes, but eventually he did. But let's break it down a little bit. It was back in mid-September when I first targeted Roland as a potential guest for The Attic. We had just begun watching Alone Season 7 when I said, half-jokingly, you think I could get this Roland guy up in The Attic? Jessica responded with a sincere and positive, I bet you can. But I wasn't so sure. Fast forward a few days, and by then we'd seen Roland dispatch an 800-pound muskox with nothing but a jackknife. And by then he seemed destined to win the million-dollar prize making him an even more difficult get than I had originally thought. He also seemed like such a hard-ass dude, especially on the post-show Skype conferences on the show alone. But around this same time, I was grateful and honored to have landed alone Season 2 winner Dave McIntyre for an interview. Go check out episode number 58 if you haven't already. It's a good one. But suddenly, with Dave's appearance on the show, I had a little credibility, at least in the context of the alone champion guest pool. Specific, I know. I figured I had to strike while the iron was still hot, and so I began following Roland on social media. And when I finally built up the nerve, I slid into his DMs, if you will, which Roland would likely shoot me with an arrow if he heard me saying that I slid into his DMs, but that's exactly what I did. And to my surprise, he was engaged and interested. He hadn't been on any podcast yet, at least not that had been released. And ultimately, Roland's family and business team reviewed the episode with Dave McIntyre, and they enjoyed it. Another step closer, I thought. Before long, I was put in contact with the publicist at A&E Networks, who still controls certain aspects of Roland's appearances, given the fact that the season just ended. And to my surprise, again, A&E gave me the go-ahead to interview this badass of unmatched proportions. Of course, Roland isn't the type to sit around and wait for podcast opportunities to arise. As you'd expect, this dude was out hunting in Alaska, but his team was planning to pitch him the prospect of coming onto a talk in the attic when he returned. By now, only a month had passed since Jessica and I had first seen Roland on the show, and it seemed like it was happening. And not only was it happening, but a couple members from within Roland's inner circle would be handling the pitch to this most intimidating monster of a man. Long story short, wait a minute, this is short? Roland returned from an Alaskan hunt and agreed to come on the show. And this is how we made it happen. Put simply, I found Roland highly interesting, so I wanted him on the show, and so then I asked him. How many goals are well within our reach, maybe even right at our fingertips, but we're too afraid to ask? Maybe we're afraid to ask for fear that we'd look weak. Maybe we're afraid to ask because we might get rejected, and Lord Almighty, the threat of rejection elicits all sorts of nifty defense mechanisms that will stop us from asking whatever it is that we need. Or maybe we're afraid to ask because we're afraid of what it might mean if we do get a yes. In the context of this story, getting a yes from Team Welker meant that I had only a couple days to pull it off. It meant that I'd have to shake the rust off of my video production skills. It meant that I'd have a bunch of eyes and ears on the episode too. And that meant that I better perform well. But before we get into the next segment of this look back, let's move now to the second rendition of Lonesome, Ownery, and Mean. This one from friend of the program and former guest Aaron Gentle, who busted out his slide guitar for his take. If you like what you hear, please go check out episode number one and episode number 35, both of which heavily feature Aaron. On a greyhound bus, I was traveling this morning. 
I'm going to Shreveport in New Orleans. I've been traveling these highways. I've been doing things my way. It's been making me so lonesome, ordinary, and me. Jet Black Her name was Codeine And she thought she was the queen of the Basin Street Queens Thank you, AJ. Love this cover, dude. Keep it up. Okay, so, I had my yes. The only catch? Roland would have access to a reliable internet connection for only a couple days in Oklahoma before he was off to whatever extreme activity was next on his agenda. Probably something like some leisurely grizzly bear hunting on horseback in Siberia or something. I don't know. But essentially, we had 48 hours to prepare and a 36-hour window in which we could actually execute an interview with Roland Effing Welker. Perhaps most urgently, this window included finding a reliable audio setup so that Roland could actually sound good while he was in Oklahoma. After all, I couldn't let the episode that was guaranteed to land more ears than ever sound bad. Of course, ordering a microphone from Amazon was an option, but it would have been cutting it too close for comfort, particularly with some of the delivery delays. So I did what any industrious podcast host would do. I called Radio Shack. Maybe I should rephrase. So I did what any industrious podcast host would have done if it were 1997. I called Radio Shack. Of course, there's a flaw in that logic as well, because podcasts weren't even a thing in 1997, but you get what I'm saying. I called Radio Shack in Claremont, Oklahoma, dude answered, and I explained that I was a podcast host that was in dire need of a USB microphone. To which he responded, what's a podcast? Is that like talk radio? Okay, I'm kidding. Radio Shack in Claremont, Oklahoma isn't really stuck in a pre-podcast time warp, but it's not too far off from the truth. Because once I explained my needs, the man on the other end said, oh yeah, man, I've got the perfect thing for you. It's a LabTech 534 desktop mic. It's actually marked down to $17.99 because it's our last one. Awesome, I said. Let's pull the trigger. Uh, Just so you're aware, you should know that the box has been opened and then taped back shut. It's all good, I said. As long as it works. I mean, what, did somebody return it or something? Actually, no. We've been using it in the store because our old mic broke. It works pretty well, though. Uh, Sure, uh, that's fine. Let's do it. Here's my credit card. Once we completed the transaction and coordinated a pickup from someone on Roland's side, I took to Google to find the specs of the trusty LabTech 534 desktop mic, which I had just purchased. And it was almost impossible to find anything on it whatsoever. A true testament to just how outdated and ancient this particular model was. I was able to uncover a single photo of the LT-534, and that photo was as 1997 as you can imagine. It was one of those stem-style mics that might have been included in the Dell box that you unpacked at your first dorm. So to answer your questions, yes, Radio Shack is still in business, and no, it shouldn't be. Because the 20-year-old floor model mic didn't even function properly. So while the procurement of this device proved worthless in the production of Roland's episode, it at least made for a decent bit in this follow-up one. Roland simply ended up using the built-in mic from his computer, and it all turned out just fine. The interview itself was an exhilarating experience. 
I was expecting to find his friend Tara on the other end when I called a little early to make sure that we were good to go, but that wasn't the case. Instead, when we first connected, staring directly into my soul all the way from Oklahoma was Roland Welker, the very same dude who I watched build Rockhouse, take down a muskox, and then eat it still beating or meal-warm heart, as Roland called it. Talk about an intimidating sight for me. And we jumped right into the thing. No small talk or anything. I mean, I figured that Roland wouldn't be much of a small talk guy. And for those of you who watched the interview, you can see that I'm a little intimidated at first. But before long, Roland opened right up, smiling and laughing and fitting right into the tone of a talk in the attic. Perhaps the most telling evidence of a successful interview came at the end of our talk, after we'd ended the official podcast portion, when Roland exclaimed, Hey man, the only thing I want to take out is that part at the end when you said peace out and gave me a peace sign. You gave a peace sign, and that's fine, but then I gave one right back just to roll with you. But I don't give peace sign, that's not my style. I do this. I grinned from ear to ear and taunted back jokingly, of course. Oh, I got Roland Welker to give his first peace sign. (laughs) I made sure to end the taunt quickly before I found myself in hot water with the baddest dude alive. But I was sincere in my excitement that we had clicked well enough to find ourselves mirroring each other by the end of the discussion. I cut the peace sign out, of course, but that interaction at the end provided me with a charge of confidence that allowed me to jump directly into an ambitious post-production process. One of my favorite parts of the whole process was touching base with the street progers, with Aaron Gentle, and with Joe Jenneman, all of whom accepted a short-notice challenge of recording unique cover songs of Roland's favorite tune, and on very short notice. The version you're about to hear now was from Joe, who turned the request around in less than 24 hours, and what a beautiful, haunting rendition it is. She got tired, that smoky wine dream. Began to feel lonesome Only in me We got together Casting our sweets Them to the beggar Was mumbling through the streets There's no escaping From this snowy white dream Born looking lonesome on me and me. Now I'm down in this valley where the wheels turn slow. Don't I pray the Lord of my soul? I say to Lord, do right by me. Tired of being lonesome, and me. I cannot express my gratitude enough to Joe, Aaron, Rick, and Obi. I'm amazed at your talent, your ability to turn this request around in just a few days, and with your commitment to what I'm trying to grow here. And you're all a big part of what I'm trying to grow here. So thank you so much. Let's keep looking for opportunities to keep it rolling. Now to the final stage of the production, putting the video together. Jessica was a total trooper. By coming out into the woods with me to film the intro on very short time, we were doing it the day before it was being released. We shot that bad boy just a few hours before we put the video up. And you wouldn't really know by looking, would you? 
In fact, as a first-time camera woman, Jessica had the distinct pleasure of dealing with difficult forest terrain, uneven footing, hundreds of prickly burrs, and one prickly host who was much better at doing than describing, which results in unfair expectations of those around me. You know how that goes. But Jessica did such a great job. Thank you, Jess, not just for helping me film my silly intro, but of course for inspiring me to chase this passion of mine. I also want to thank Roland's friends and family, Matt and Megan and Tara. The entire process has been so fun and so natural, and I hope for an opportunity to put our heads together again soon. More on that sometime down the road. As of the recording of this very episode, episode 64 with Roland Welker has surged to almost 2,000 views or listens, by far my largest reach to date. Now, of course, the challenge will be keeping momentum without changing my intent. And I look forward to that challenge. I really do. That's going to do it for today's quick look back at the last couple weeks of organized chaos here at A Talk in the Attic. The coming weeks will feature a slew of new fun, I'm sure. I've got a good roster of guests lined up. Also, while I've got you, I'll be a guest on the next episode of Don't Forget the Popcorn with Dave and Wes, a sister program on the Michigan Podcasting Network. That episode will drop sometime Thursday. So please give that a listen. We're actually having a movie draft in which we pick our favorite flicks from 1999, one of the best years in cinematic history. It also features my all-time favorite movie. Okay, I'm going to leave you now with a song from the band Great White Rhino, hailing from Bay City, Michigan, a group who I had the pleasure of meeting this past weekend. We're in talks now to coordinate a live set in the attic with these fellas. Think Tiny Desk Concerts meets VH1 Storytellers meets A Talk in the Attic, with a little bit of Bay City sprinkled in there, too. More on that whole project as details emerge, but it's coming soon. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Kirk Ross, urging you to search within yourself for something that you want, but that you haven't worked up the courage to ask for whatever it is that you need or want to make it happen. Worst case, you'll get a no. And while it might be a yes that we're all after, remember that there's a ton of value in a no as well. Here is Great White Rhino with their original song, Dreamin'. Peace out, everybody.